0: be more productive be more focused if you don't see it that way you will fail at it you guys have been the pillar and the backbone of time first life now for quite some time keep growing That's good. That's good. That's good. I think I get it. It's like playing over and over again. That's okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, listen, it's okay. It says that we're on the road and we're, we're trying, on. we're visiting, visiting studio over here. So we're doing the best we can. So we'll be all right. So I'm sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. Dude.
1: Remember a few weeks ago when um, we played that and then you said how it made you super excited. And I said, can I punch you in the you face? You can punch me in the face if you want. Know? <laughs> <Dude, laughs> totally. All these people text me like I'm so fired up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was fired up too. All right. So the first question is from Jordan Lowry and it is how do you handle burnout? And have you ever felt burned out when you were in the field or running an agency when you have no shows, cancellations, a bad week or maybe a few agents quit on you that you invested a lot of time in? Yeah,
0: I mean it's uh you know, it's a good question Jordan because I think it's it's real, right? It's part of our business. The thing Andrew for me always was I always knew if I had, no matter what I did, if I had a certain amount of appointments and recruited a certain amount of people, and I think a lot of people do is they drop the ball on one of those two. Like, they either, they'll get to 30 appointments a week, most of the weeks, and then they won't recruit. And then they'll meet two or three people. Like, when we started the company, Andrew, I knew that you were very talented, but I wasn't, like, solely relying on you. I'm sorry. Then I was like, oh, man, you hired Grady. Cool, let me figure out who Grady is. Like, I just wanted to work with as many people as I could. Um, I never got burnt out by somebody not wanting to work here and not selling this month because the reality was I knew that I was always recruiting. So I was never going to be stuck. You know, I was always putting enough people in. So I, I don't know that I was burnt out. Um, because I always knew I had control of the business. And that was the one thing for me early on that I knew that if I always ran 30 appointments a week and I always did my best to recruit on a daily basis, recruiting's easy. Just talking to people. I knew I'd do well. And I think, Jordan, if I ever felt myself getting, what you would say, burnt out or frustrated, it was because I was spending time trying to get somebody to do something they didn't want to do. So, for instance, in an appointment, you know, a no-show, like, I can't get, like, I do the best I can. I might think about why they didn't show up, and I, I, I was pretty good at locking people down on the phone explaining what they had, you know, what my deal was, how busy I was. But in somebody's house, what I used to say to everybody is, I don't get frustrated if they're going to say no because I'm gone in seven minutes. No different than somebody that's new. If I try to recruit you, Andrew, I do recruit you. And, you know, I ask you, I go like, fill out your contract. You don't get your leads. Dude, I don't frustrate myself with you. I just move on. Talk to somebody else. I don't, I don't perseverate. I don't take the phone call from you. I'm not, I'll text you back and go, Hey dude, like get your contract in. I don't have a question for you. Dude, there's no question until you get contracted. And eventually you'll just give up. You're not going to keep bothering me if you're not going to do the work. So Jordan, my activity always allowed me to have a good attitude. And uh, that's the only reason I had a good attitude was my activity.
1: How many people have quit on you? Do you think?
0: Oh God, I don't even know. Friends. Oh yeah, dude. I have like good friends of mine. Matter of fact, you know, you think about, let's use Eric Schmidt, Eric Schmidt's integrity partner. Eric Schmidt worked with me at a previous company for about a year and a half. Then one day he's like, dude, I'm going to like go back to my job. And I was like, okay. But I never one time was like, man, I can't believe it or what. Ha- I mean, I definitely talked to him about it. I was like, dude, I, you're doing really well here. You're only working a day a week. Like, why don't you want to do that? And he's like, ah, I just don't. My family, the whole deal. My I was like, cool, dude. I-, I always wanted to meet people where they were. And I didn't burn the bridge either. Like, I didn't freak out. I was like, all right, well, just let me know. Um, when we launched, when, you know, I got in the business 14 years ago. Most of the people that I worked with then are not working with me now. You know, friends, family, whatever. So, you know, Andrew, I- I- it's not for everybody. You know, I know that. But uh, I never got, I heard a guy say a long time ago in this business, become emotionally attached to your business, not the individual people from a business standpoint, right? Like you and I can still be really good friends, but we don't work together. Okay. But I'm not like freaking out about it, you know, but I was very emotionally attached to the business itself, the business unit, because that's how we protect people. That's how we serve people. That's how we provide their life insurance, That's how we help people change their financial situation. So for me, you know, and I think we're spoiled here because our retention's so high so I think a lot of people that join us that have come from other companies you and I came from a company where we turned a lot of people over we recruited a lot because we assumed we had to keep recruiting we knew we had to we, we assumed were, everybody was going to quit correct and they were correct which which the irony of that though is that we became good at recruiting and then when we got here what happened was most of us that had come from a previous company where the turnover was very high if it was low comp or whatever it was people were not making money. We did that for a while, and then we got complacent. we so like, man, we got 142 writers, and most of them don't quit, so why do I need to put another 142 in class? Why do I need to put another 142 in contract? And so dude, we became complacent. So I, I don't know how many did. I never thought about it. And that, honestly, Andrew, to your question, when people would leave, whenever it was, when I was in real estate, insurance before this, family first life, and we have, again, we have a crazy high retention, which I think spoiled us, but I just keep moving. I yeah. never people are like, why do you think Tom's not working with us? I'm like, I don't know. I don't, anyway, so you have any points you got today. Like, what am I going to spend eight, 10, 12 minutes talking about why dude's not working with us. Then I can do it'd be like, you know, you and I are drafted to, and, and we're playing the big leagues and and, and we're in double a. And you're like, why do you think they cut Tom? I'm like, dude, I don't know they didn't cut us. We're still here. I don't know, dude, but why don't we focus on what we're doing that can impact our families and have our success? He's not here. Why did Tom quit? I don't know why Tom quit. Can't believe he walk off the team, but he did. He's not here anymore, so why don't we just go to work? He's not dead to me. I'm, if I see him, I'm his buddy. Cool. Hey, what's up, Tom? But I just never, ever. I couldn't answer you because I don't know. Mike Sizer would always say it's funny because he'd be like, somebody would leave, and they, and somebody would go, you know what happened with Tom? And I go, I don't. Tom who? And I was doing it for me. That's the way I kind of was like. I what didn't mean that guy's dead to me outside the business, but in the business, he doesn't work with me. What conversation do you want me to have with you about Tom? Mm-hmm. He doesn't work here anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, this question is from Zach Turdowski. And it is, um, when hiring an agent that has low commission, it seems like they worked harder at their last job than they do with FFL, with high commission, because they can make the same amount of money faster. How would you get somebody to be motivated to put in the same effort that they did at their previous IMO?
0: I work hard to educate them. I think before we get into all this contracting and, and, and what product to write in the house, I acknowledge that I go like, dude, you're at a 50% or 40% or 30% contract. Now you're at a hundred. So your inclination is going to be to do half as much Mm -hmm. or a third as much. But you have to understand that you have a decision to make. Number one, it's an advanced business. So it's an amazing business, which is the only way I want to get paid. People like, you know, I had a guy joined us the other day. He's like, I've been doing this other form of insurance, not life, for 10 years. And he's like, my renewals are like nothing. And they keep telling me, he's like, this is going take me 30, 40 years to build it. So for me, but I understood that everything was going to stay in the book. So let's go to work. But I try to educate and more challenge people, Andrew, to figure out what they really want. Like, you were building the business. You didn't need a ton of money didn't have a ton of money you never had any big job before this paying a bunch of money but it was like can you start to f- envision your future and what that looks like financially and what you're actually playing for you know so i think i try to work hard to explain to people that complacency will set in and try to give them ability to overcome that before it does like it's real complacency setting in it's is real as real as it gets
1: but it's not a happy place to be no well
0: we'll First of all, you're, you're going to do this. And that's the thing. I, if you to that whiteboard, every time I did a meeting, I would do this and I'd go, you have two choices in this business. You can live this way. And I do, does anybody want to live that way? And nobody raised their hand. Mm-mm. I'm like, or you can live this way or our growth curve was always wanted to grow this way, but it was like, you can keep growing as long as you keep working. And I think what's, what's weird is. You know, and people say to me, "Well, they're self sabotaging." I might like, do that. Sounds weird. I don't. I don't know, man. I have a degree in psychology. I've studied a lot. I, I have a master's degree. I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the world. I do pretty well in anything I, I, I invest my time into. I'm not dumb. I, I think that people are just. I think it's. I think they're conditioned. I think learned behavior is real. I think that when you grow up and you see terrible behavior, so if you were beaten severely by your your parent. When I was a social worker, I was like, dude, don't sell me on the fact that you beat your kid. Not discipline your kid, beat your kid. Because you're beaten. Because the reality really is, you know it hurt. You know what it felt like, emotionally, physically. You know what your siblings thought, your mom thought, your dad thought, whatever, whoever was the one that was abusing you. Learn behavior to me in that situation would be like, dude, you, you wouldn't do it. do it. not to do Correct. You
1: learned what not to do.
0: But being broke, so if all the people around you, that raised you worked just enough to pay the bills and then definitely slowed down just enough to pay the bills. People would always say to me when I worked at UPS, what blew me away is they would hire all these people in the holiday season. And I said to the personnel director, how do you always know like come September, you'll find people that want to work from September to literally December 26th. Cause once Christmas is over, it slows down dramatically. How do you know that they're always going to be in the workforce? And she said to me, because people will kill themselves for two months to get the holidays to where they want to be. They don't want the job anyway. So we don't have to necessarily fire them. We let them off. We lay them off anyway. They don't want the job. They want to just work two more months to have a better Christmas. If they celebrate, whatever they celebrate, to give gifts to their kids, to their significant other, to their parents, to, to do whatever they want to do over the holidays. And they stop and they do it. Dude, I would work there. I worked there for eight years, eight years. The same people would cycle in, moms, dads, grandparents, young people. And would and literally to the person, I'd be like, dude, why did you take this job? Well, I already have a full-time job. I come in here at two o'clock in the morning until six o'clock in the morning just because I want to have a better Christmas. And they go back doing their own. And they, they, what I'm what I mean by that, Andrew, is that learned behavior they got when they were kids, it didn't hurt them. So that that makes sense to me. That like, hey, I watched you, you raise me. I watched you be broke. It didn't, I don't know that it physically harmed me. It never, I didn't, I didn't, uh, it wasn't, I wasn't an antagonist of it. Sorry, so I wasn't pushing at it. So I repeated it. That makes sense. Learn behavior from a financial standpoint makes a lot of sense to me because it's what you've known. Mm-hmm. Me, I watched my mom struggle immensely. Mom's a great mom. She's a great woman, but financially it was a struggle, you know? And that's hard sometimes too. Cause she's like, I don't remember it being that bad. I'm like, it, was. and it wasn't for me. Like I, I could figure stuff out. I got a job when I was real young, but I watched her go through it. I watched her struggle. And I think I chose the path that's, you know, less traveled. I was like, dude, she's great. I want to make enough money and take care of her because what she's going through now, she went through for too many years in her adult life. I don't want her going through that anymore. If that makes sense. So that I think it's learned behavior. And I think to, to, to change behavior, the first part is to educate. And to challenge those thought processes. Now, if I talk to you and you're looking at me like I'm speaking four different languages, I'm good. I'm like, okay, just get some leads and see what happens, dude. But if something sparks in your eye, I'm like, all right, maybe he understands it. <clears throat> let's get you to change. Then I said some goal up like that, like, how about your mom? Wouldn't it be cool to do something for your mom? I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, so let's start thinking. Let's not just pay our bills. Let's think about helping your mom. Out, something like that.
1: That's awesome, dude. All right, last <laughs> question. How many different teams should I build direct to me? That's from Jordan Lowry.
0: So, you know, what's funny is, <clears throat> somebody used to say to me, what's the minimum I should have for legs? And well, I said, well, minimum, you should have four or five legs, right? Now, what I didn't know when I answered that <laughs> was I guess the operative word of minimum was forgotten. <laughs> like, I never stopped recruiting people ever. And what I said was, if you don't have the right people to build it with, just keep going wide. So, Andrew, for me, I'd want to be about 10 or 12. To be honest with you, I'd want to be, I'd want to have enough options. I'm about 10 or 12. You don't need to be 70. Now, let's say I got nine people that I've recruited that are are selling life insurance. And you go, well, why don't you build those legs? I go, well, if they're appreciative in working hard and have the ability to help the people, then I will. But if you're not working hard, I'm not going to give you somebody that's really trying to pay their bills and give them to you. Mm-hmm. That's just weird. So I'm, I, I found groups to work in. i stacked the heck out of three or four or five. But I still want to be 10 or 12 wide. I just think that made a lot of sense for me. You know, we got some guys that are, you know, 30, 35 wide. Yo, well, is that good? They make a lot of – it's very profitable, you know. And I think they're kind of – they got some groups and they're looking to see where to work. They're not doing it because they don't want to help. They're just kind of saying, hey, I don't want to put – because here's the, which, what happens – let's say i hire a bunch of people andrew and give them to you cool that's awesome for a minute until after 10 days you're like dude i ain't working no more i get a couple overrides and like they shouldn't even call me now i'm like damn i put them on your team right and then i so i i think i want enough options to have and again if you have two options or three that's a dangerous place to be in two culturally Mm -hmm. because you're like i only got two or three people to work with like what am i going to do here
1: Yeah, that's huge. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, thank you for joining us. If you have any questions you want us to get to next week, drop a comment in the comment section, a question. And uh, Sean, thank you, bro. Thanks for everything you do. See you you, guys.
0: Appreciate it.